0: Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Corco. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. The first lesson we can learn from just Jonah is that a selfish heart runs from God's calling, but a second lesson that we can learn is that God divinely interrupts our selfishness. I love this, that God divinely interrupts our selfishness. He brought a storm. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break apart the ship. Divine interruptions are the situations in our lives that take place where God in His mercy redirects us to take the path in which He desires for us to go. I uh back in 2008 I had a band and uh some of you don't know that but uh some of you do apparently and um I remember this was like a a big transition point in my life our band was kind of in the middle of adding a, a some new members we were writing new music getting ready to to put a, an album together and really our hope was to begin to tour and, um, it was at that moment where I actually believed that it could become something. You know, you, there are those bands that you're like, na, 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 this is going nowhere and you know it and it's no big deal. It's fun. It's cool. But it was, it was at that moment as things were coming together that I actually began to believe that, man, this might be something that we do. And it was funny because within months of that moment where I'm like, oh, I'm really going to start pouring into this, it just crumbled. I mean, crumbled to pieces. Like to the point we had like six members in the band, and it, by the end of it, it was just me and my brother kind of sitting next to each other going, what the heck just happened? And, um, you know, the members left. They didn't like the, the genre of music we were going into. They wanted to start something a little different, and so they formed a band, and, and we were just kind of like, okay. And at the moment, I was so frustrated. I said, what the world is going on? And, and everything that I was pouring into that, I said, God, why is this happening? We were... Uh we were a Christian band. We were going into places and, and speaking the love of Jesus. in places, we were, I mean, we never played. I felt like we never played with Christian bands. On rare occasion, we played with Christian bands. For the most part, we were going into places, Grange Halls and stuff like that, where it was all. And we got just made fun of, man. People just, the bands, they just made fun of us. But we were there with a mission. Like our purpose was to be there and to be spokesmen for for Christ. And I'm saying, God, why are you taking us out of that mission field? He brought a storm. And he course corrected my life. Because I look back on that, and although I see aspects of things that God desires to still do in my life, in regards to music and songwriting and those things, I, I see with hindsight now what he was doing. And in the middle of it, when I was asking why, when I was frustrated and not understanding what God was doing, it was at that moment that I decided, a little while afterwards, I would pursue Bible college, which then led me to meet my wife, which then led to two kids. Y'all know how that works which led us then to the church where we now reside and to this very evening where we're getting into the word of God together. And, you know, I think about how God redirects our path. And what I love, read verse four again, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, creating a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. I love what Eric Mason says, and we'll be hearing from him in our our Connect Group studies. Um, He says, the thing in which Jonah placed his trust in to take him away from the presence of God, away from the call of God, away from his responsibility, and ultimately away from his identity is the one thing that God is now causing to fall apart. And there are things that we put our trust in. There are things that we look to to fulfill our lives. There are things in our own personal lives that we bank on to be the thing that takes us to where we want to go. Whether it be finances, whether it be relationships, whether it be just ideologies, there are things in our own life that we lean on, that we trust in and say that I'm going I'm to put my faith in this to take me to where I want to go. And the one thing that we trust in it's the one thing that keeps crumbling to pieces around us. I mean, I can't tell you how many people who maybe struggle with different areas, different aspects in their life. I mean, I, I remember even just a testimony from, uh, from Dave and Carla in regards to just finances and how they, for a while, they, they had that struggle with finances and debt like up to their ears, and, and, and then all of a the sudden, they began to trust God. They began to give to the purposes of the kingdom. They began to invest their finances back into the kingdom of God, and miraculous things started happening financially. Breakthroughs started happening financially in their life I've seen it in my own life I know they've seen it in their life maybe you've seen it in your life but when you trust in anything other than Jesus Christ he is going to throw a storm there are going to be and this is not a this is not a God is mad at you thing this is a God graciously and compassionately giving you an opportunity to course correct giving you an opportunity then to follow what he desires for you to do to take your trust out of that thing to take your trust maybe it's money that you're seeking after maybe it's a job, uh, a status a comfortable life just a job security whatever it may be, the thing that you trust in financially and sometimes you, you're saying why is, why is my finances just crumbling to pieces because you're trusting in the things of this world you're trusting in that monetary provision, provision instead of God being your sustenance, God being the one who sustains you and provides for you and sometimes God needs to throw a storm at those areas in our life in those areas of the things that we trust in, just like Jonah trusting in this ship to take him away from the presence of God. Sometimes the Lord is going to bring a storm that will tear, threaten to tear apart the very thing that you're trusting in to take you away from God. And these storms, like I said, They're acts of of mercy and grace. I believe, and and, you know, I believe what I experienced and just, you ever just see God totally just do that in your life? I think for me, just the way that the band was, everything looked great. Everything was, I mean, our practices were going well. And it literally was like like one night where like four of the guys are just like, we're out of here. We're done. And it was like in a moment's notice. And you, you see it maybe in hindsight. I don't know if anybody's been through something like that before. I pray maybe you're going through it right now. Maybe this is, this is an opportunity for you to say, God, I know, I know you're trying to get my attention. I know that I've been trusting in this, and it's not what you want. Respond. Because the farther we run from God, the greater the demotion. I find it interesting, and we're going to be going through as we are studying in our home groups, we're going to be going through several um, videos that just kind of break down these passages in a little bit more detail. And uh, one of the things mentioned is the, the demotion, sort of the, the way that it's written. Jonah went down to Joppa. He went down to the hold of the ship and laid down to sleep. And... Eric Mason points out this is really symbolic of this like demotion that is that is taking place in in Jonah's life. And here's the deal. If you are going through a storm right now, if God is trying to get your attention, if you know you're you're running from what he's calling you to, Just repent and, and, and get going on the right track. Don't continue to, to demote yourself. I, I was thinking about this. Do you know that the greatest life that you could ever live is what God wills for your life? I mean, if you could imagine the greatest life that you could ever live, and I'm not talking about what you want. I'm talking about the actual greatest life that you could ever live is what God's will is for your life. And if we could grasp that, to recognize that, and and I think about it even now, and you don't want to think like this all the time, so, so don't, but the thought that I go through is sometimes, what have I missed? Have I missed, have I missed out possibly on the greatest life that I could have because of my unwillingness to follow the will of God? And my prayer is that there would be no demotion in your life, that you would not pursue what you desire any longer, but that you would recognize that, God, I know that you want the best for my life. I know that the plans you have for my life far exceed anything I could ever imagine, and that through your power, you desire to do incredible things in my life. That's my heart. My heart is that you would all just dream big, that you would know that God desires for you to change nations, that God desires for you to rock people with the power of Jesus Christ. And that's what he wants you to do. That's what he wants you to live. That's how he wants you to live, for the glory of God. But we have to remind ourselves of this because we get so distracted on the here and now that we lose sight of what God has for us. And we forget that his will for us is the greatest life we could ever live. The greatest, nothing greater than that. And it's reminding ourselves that what we want pales in comparison. The farther we run from the will of God, the greater the demotion. That path is far less than what God has for you. And my heart as your pastor is just to see you walk In the promotion of God. In the favor of God. To see you walking in in life from glory to glory. To see God do incredible things in your life. And I love this one. He he divinely interrupts our, our selfishness and displays his continual pursuit of his children. The captain went down, verse 6, after him and said, how can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up, pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. God continued to show his pursuit, his loving pursuit of Jonah to the point that he is using people who are pagans. I mean think about the demotion here. I'm just going back to the last. He has a pagan. Telling him. Get up. Rise up. Cry out to your God. That God is speaking on behalf. Through a, a person who doesn't even know him. To say wake up Jonah. And this is really pointing to and This is pointing to more than just a a physical sleep. That he was sleeping spiritually. So much so that, that a person completely separated from God was speaking to him the words of God. I mean, rise up. Rise up. Pray to your God. How many times is God trying to get our attention? How many times does, does he pursue us? Challenging us to rise up. Challenging us to fulfill, to walk in the calling that he desires for us. To walk in that greatest life that we could ever live. Wake up cry out to god i believe the world is waiting for the church to rise up i believe that this captain speaking to jonah i mean it's very symbolic i think that that the world is in turmoil The world experiences the storm all around them. And they're trying anything they can to find an answer. They'll look to any God that they can to find the answer. And that's what these sailors are just kind of like walking around like, Oh, this God, please help. That God, please help. Some God, please help. And they're running around trying to find an answer. And Jonah has it. Jonah is literally sleeping on the answer. And I believe that there are too many believers who are sleeping on the answer of Jesus Christ. And there is a world around them that is broken, that is hurting, that is dying. They're on the verge of destruction. And we're sleeping down in the hold, waiting for for something, but we're just sleeping there to the point that they're crying out and saying, wake up, pray to your God. We have the answer. Are we sleeping on it? Because that's what selfishness does. When it creeps into our heart, it becomes less about the mission of Christ. It becomes less about His glory. It becomes less about His mission. And it becomes about our agenda. And if we're not careful, we fall into a sleep where we have all the information. We have all of the knowledge. We sit in church. We listen. We know the Bible. We know what it says. But we're sleeping while a bunch of people are dying around us. I know I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be us. And I know that it's not. And I know that God is beginning to birth a brokenness for souls in our hearts. But can I tell you this is only the beginning. That God is only going to continue to do that work. And and please hear my heart, run after that. There are going to be moments when, when what God calls you to is scary. There's going to be moments that God's going to call you to something that's going to stretch you. But run after it. Because there's people on the other side that don't have any hope. There's people on the other side that are dying for an answer and you have it. Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on that answer. Don't sleep on it. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about 242, you can email Pastor Justin at jcorkum at manchesterassembly.org. You can also tweet us at 242NH. Again, that's T-W-O-42-N-H. Or on Facebook, you can look us up under 242 Young Adults. We look forward to your feedback, and we'll see you next time.